Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to another edition of Taekwondo Life Magazine Live. My name is Mark Sirianis. I'm your host. I'm the editor-in-chief of Taekwondo Life Magazine, and I'm a third Don Black Belt. On Saturday, June 22nd, in Greenville, South Carolina, on the main card of UFC's Fight Night 154, fifth-ranked featherweight Renato Moicano was handily defeated in the first round, the first minute, by his opponent, Chan Sung Jung. Chan Sung Jung is more commonly and more popularly known as the Korean zombie. This exciting and explosive victory brought not only the Korean zombie, but his coach to the brink of tears. That coach is Eddie Cha, and he's the subject of our episode tonight. Coach Eddie Cha is a lifelong martial artist. He's a second generation martial artist. He is a respected instructor, fight coach, and mixed martial arts coach out of Scottsdale, Arizona. Coach Cha talks to us today about his own training, about his fight career, and about his foray into coaching high-level athletes like the Korean Zombie and other UFC and Bellator MMA athletes. I found this to be an exciting and interesting conversation and I hope you'll enjoy listening to Coach Cha as much as I enjoyed speaking to him. And I found his approach to fighting, to fighter intelligence and fighter IQ, and to strategy to be extremely relevant to our Taekwondo competitors, those that are competing nationally, internationally, qualifying for the Olympics, fighting in the World Games and Pan Am Games, and regardless of, of the fact that his specialty is mixed martial arts, his approach has equal value for competitive combat sport athletes, including Taekwondo competitors. Enjoy listening to Coach Eddie Chaw. Okay, so today we are fortunate enough to have on the phone uh, Coach Eddie Cha, and uh, we're going to talk a little bit more about his background. But uh, recently, uh, prior to this, this taping, we're, we're taping on a on a Tuesday evening, and on Saturday, uh, he was part of the coaching team uh, for UFC in a uh, victorious uh, fight. Uh, his his fighter Chan Sung Jung, better known as the Korean Zombie. So, Coach, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me, sir. Very good. So before we get started talking a little bit about your uh, the recent uh, success and the recent victory, if you could tell us a little bit about yourself and your background and your um, entry into the, the martial arts. Okay. Um, I started martial arts when I was a kid. <clears throat> I took uh, Shaolin Kung Fu. My first instructor was my father, uh, Jimmy Cha, or his Korean name is Cha Min Tzu. And I took my Shaolin Kung Fu, took Taekwondo, and a few of the styles. Um, opened up a gym uh, called All In. There was a uh, Korean drama called All In. And my, my father was my first instructor, so I figured it would be appropriate. It was uh, All In MMA in Buena Park, California. And then from there, 
when he uh, started uh, Benson Henderson and John Crouch in England. And uh, I can't remember what UFC it was. And they kind of recruited me over to Arizona. And uh, within, I think it was within a two-month span, uh, I was going back and forth on weekends, training him out there. And, and then they offered me the uh, head striking coach position. So uh, my wife and I went down there, took a look at it. We prayed about it. And, <clears throat> ended up living, selling the gym, moving everything, and uh, currently reside in uh, Arizona now. Yeah, that was a big. I had listened to some of your your prior interviews. It was a big change for you being uh, you and your your wife both being uh, California residents, and um, uh, to to move to Arizona. Uh, but uh, it, it it seems to have all worked out. Yeah, absolutely. I've lived in California pretty much my whole life. I uh, came to the States when I was three from Korea, and so I've been in California ever since. I was in Southern California, then Northern California, and San Jose, and then back to Southern California. So I've never lived anywhere outside of California, so it was a big transition for us. But, uh, you know, <clears throat> um, things happen for a reason, and we definitely prayed about it. I talked to a couple of pastors, some of my good friends, Pastor Robin, and he said, uh, if, I said, how do I know if this is what God wants? And he said, uh, if if this is what you want, then the doors are not going to open real easily. If this is what God wants, even if you don't want to go, the doors are going to constantly just open, open, open. And uh, like I said, we've been a two-month transition of selling my gym, packing up our things, even making that decision. Um, it, it just happened so, so fast. And so I go, I guess, I guess the doors are opening. <laughs> I guess he wants me to go. And so... That's great. That's great, and 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 it's a, it's it's a great there's a great lesson in there for pe- for people because we all struggle whether it be big or small sometimes with decisions and 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 how do we know you know how do we know it's the right thing especially when there's other people involved family involved so um, so it, you have an interesting background because you you have a uh, uh, as you said you you came from Korea uh, you have a, a, a Korean background with your dad how is it you know uh, Taekwondo you know for for Obviously, for you know the vast majority of of our audience, um, Taekwondo around the world, but but certainly uh, in modern times in Korea, Taekwondo has such a strong foothold um, there. And for Korean people uh, in the diaspora, um, how is it that you um, ended up uh, in with your and your dad uh, studying kung fu? Um, what, what was the what was the basis for 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 that as opposed to a more traditional um, foray into Taekwondo? Um, my father he took Shaolin Kung Fu. I think he was a sixth or seventh degree black belt, and so I, I don't know if he took Taekwondo. I'm, I'm sure he did. I mean, everybody in Korea takes Taekwondo. So, uh, but he 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 had a uh, instructor that he he trained with forever. And, you know, I, I did whatever he taught me. <laughs> so sure. he said, shall I come through the best? I said, all right, I guess it's the best. And then uh, when I was a teenager, I trained at the Muay Thai Academy uh, in Palo Alto with Crew Bomic and uh, <clears throat> started boxing and, and doing kickboxing. Uh, and that's when I fell in love with it. And so uh kind of stuck with it from there on out. And then, but yeah, my father pretty much taught me Shaolin and that's, that's how I started. That's great. That's great. So, so tell me how do you make the the transition to going from, you know, being somebody who's a practitioner and somebody who is a gym owner, 
to somebody who has the um, the high visibility of being in the position that you are to to um, coaching uh, professional, you know, high level professional uh, mixed martial arts fighter. Um, I don't know. I mean, sometimes you know how they say, like, uh, you don't choose your profession; your press, your profession chooses you. So, it, the last thing I want to do is actually open up a gym. Um, you know, I had a couple of businesses. My I was a professional poker player for a while. Uh, did did various things and got back into training. And then uh, one thing led to another. I met um, one of my guys that I was teaching, and and he turned pro at uh, Chris Saunders. He said, hey, I need you to train me. And then we kind of hit it off. I said, I don't know too much about MMA. I mean, I watch it, but I did a little bit of studying on it. But, I mean, um, yeah, I mean, fighting is fighting. The most important thing to me is timing and distance and footwork. Taekwondo has great footwork, and they gauge distance, hand-eye coordination. Um, The stances we tweak a little bit uh, with the Muay Thai stance and the Taekwondo stance and so forth. But um, I think fighting is fighting at the end of the day. like Chan Sung Jung, uh, Korean Zombie, he's just such a natural fighter. Um, I, I think he started with Taekwondo as well when he was younger. So yeah, I looked at his. Uh, he, he has a. He, yeah, I saw that he has a, uh, a Taekwondo background as well as as well as some 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 other things. So how did you yeah. end up um, around what year and how did you end up connecting um, with him for training? He, he came down to the States in Arizona um, to the la- MMA lab, <clears throat> which I was uh, coaching at. And then he's really good friends with Benson Henderson. And so I met him there. He came with us, uh, I think Benson's title fight in Bellator. So we, we spent about a week together and then got real close. And he came back, I think, four months later or three months later to train. And then he stayed in my house with his family, his wife and kids. And we just hit it off. For about a month and started training at that time, and then uh, said, I think I'm gonna come back and, and train uh, at my camp here. So he calls me like, like I think I think he came back about a month, five weeks later. <laughs> and then this is the fight that we got. So we we've known each other for a little over maybe a year or so, and then um, and then we just started hitting it off. I mean, uh, I think coaches and, and fighters. I mean, you, you truly have to have that connection and bond. Um, I think we had that. There was a lot of emotions after the fight. I don't know if you saw the fight, but yeah, it was uh, sure. pretty emotional. I think it was the first time uh, I actually cried off a win. Definitely been on the other side losing and crying, but uh, yeah, sure, yeah, it was sure. Definitely the first time crying when we won. Yeah. So well, it was a stupendous um, uh, victory for anyone who um, who hasn't seen it. If you can go back and watch the uh, the. Um, you know the highlights of it. It was a it was a phenomenal um, it was a phenomenal victory. Was the I, I I know that you know obviously the plan in any fight is always to finish early if you can, but in terms of the overall mindset of going into it, was there the the expectation or the um, the feeling that there was a necessity to finish early, or that was just a um, an upside of, of, of being well-trained and, and, and well-prepared. Yeah, we definitely prepared for five rounds. Um, he's always done the main event in the UFC, I believe the last six, seven fights or something like that. Um, Morikano was ranked number five, and 
great striker. He's got great footwork. So we were we were definitely expecting a lot. I thought he was gonna knock him out right around the third round, but um, he's never he's never been in a five round fight. So I, I think he just came out a little flat and slow. Um, when our, our game plan a little bit was to kick the leg five to seven times around. Um, we were really worked a lot on countering the jabs and. As you saw, the minute he threw that first jab, he just reacted to it. And just jumped the gun. So, yeah, it was awesome. So what? So, so I want to get back a little bit to to, to you in the sense that um, coaching is um, where your your focus is. But has there been the inclination, the desire, the opportunity for you to be the combatant as opposed to to the, to the coach? Is there is there the desire for you to um, to take you know embark on that course as opposed to training other other folks um, to fight? Has that has that been something that has has been something that you've thought about? Uh, definitely, when I was younger, <laughs> um, when I was nineteen to twenty two, I was two ten and zero in Muay Thai kickboxing, and I was two and zero in, in boxing as well, but. Um, at that time, I was just so, you know, a lot of distractions, so to speak. I just wasn't sure. curious about it. There wasn't that type of opportunity when we were younger. I'm 45 right now. So sure. There was, sure. There was no YouTube. There was no, uh, I think UFC 1 was just coming out when I was uh, 18 or something, 19. 19. And so that, and at that time, there was no weight classes, but that didn't treat me at all. I did enjoy watching it, but um, Muay Thai and kickboxing was my passion at that time. But there was no money in it. I, there's still real no money in Muay Thai kickboxing. Uh, sure. But I, I just definitely love doing it, but uh, I didn't think, you know, I, I could sure. make a career out of it. So, um, yeah, I, I would definitely love to do it if I was born in this in this era and generation. But uh, I do have the opportunity to, you know, accomplish some of those goals through, through coaching. So when my guys win, you know, and I, they do a move that I enjoy doing or, you know, I help them learn. You know, it, it's part like a, I feel like a piece of part of me is out there too. So, so, so for you, um, as somebody who is um, coaching, but in order to be able to stay, you know, one of the things that has changed dramatically is that um, I, I, I think that, and, and I'm I'm a little bit older than you, but in experiencing that, a lot of the folks that have come um, have come out of single style. And then they start to, to progress. But the level of people that are, and they're people that perhaps got into mixed martial arts from other areas, but so many of the fighters now are coming from very, they, you know, they're, they're, they come from a younger group that has set their marks on, this is what we want to do. And, and, and the UFC being the, the pinnacle of it, right? I want to compete right. in the UFC. They start training and cross training at a very early age. Has that, from your perspective, um, Caused you to need to elevate your um, your training and 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 your techniques and and to continue to evolve your coaching style in order to keep up with um, what's go, what goes on in terms of who your your fighters are going to be you know um, facing. Yeah, I mean, I think definitely the younger generation uh, is starting at an earlier age in all facets of the game from jiu-jitsu. They, they know what they want to be and. They're wrestling from from elementary all the way to high school to college now. I think that's the, the core found one of the best core foundations. And so uh, you see a lot more talented kids out there. Um, 
some of the kids probably that would would have gone into football or basketball, they're going straight into MMA. Um, so you, know, you see that, definitely a lot more talent. But as far as the guys that I train, I try to cater to their strength. You know, um, one of the guys, Henry Corrales, I think he's ranked third or fourth in featherweights. Um, you know, he, he, he's got unbelievable power in his hands. Before I met him, he had a jiu-jitsu coach that just wanted him to take him down and so forth. So he, he had submissions and zero knockouts. I think it was uh, 6-0 or 7-0 with seven submissions when I met him. And I was like, man, you need to stand and bang. You have an unbelievable chin and you have light top power. So <clears throat> after we started working together, I think he ran off six knockouts in a row. And then he got it tied to Bellator. Um, and then, you know, rest of history, he just beat Aaron Pico in his last fight, too. So I think you got you can't just run the style that you like to teach. you got to kind of cater to, you know, what they have, their abilities. Whether they're a kicker, they're a striker, you know, are they long, are they tall, are they short, are they thick, you know. And so I try to cater to their abilities. And then there's some basic things that everybody needs to learn is, you know, sure. for guys and, Increasing fight IQ, I'm a big believer in that, is having them understand why we do the things we do as opposed to, like, why do you circle right? You know, why do you circle left? Why do we faint? And a lot of people just do things. They don't know why they actually do it. But it, the more they understand why you're doing what and what you're looking for, then the process is just so much easier. So one of the things I like to do with my guys is always try to increase their fight IQ by saying, why are we doing this? Do you know why you're doing that? What are we looking for when... We're, we're fainting. What, why are we trying to draw this out or this and that? And, uh, we've had a lot of success, and I've had a lot of success with my guys teaching it that way. Do you find that they are um, surprised that you take that extra extra step? Because it, it may be to some degree um, different from the other types of training that they that they may have been exposed to where where they're basically coached to just – you know, follow a certain protocol without necessarily understanding the um, the, the the whys. Do you, do you find that it's 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 something that surprises them in in terms of their re- response to you? Yeah, I, I get a pretty good response from a lot of my guys. Um, they like uh, I just moved from the lab to fight ready in Scottsdale, Arizona. Yeah. Uh, they they were kind of saying that some of the things when I went to the lab, I thought some of the stuff was like. Ah, it's kind of common sense, and then you go, like, "Hey, I don't even know what you're talking about, man." <laughs> so then I had to break it down a little bit <laughs> again, break it down a little bit less, and go, oh, "Okay, now I get it." So um, it's what common sense for one person is not common sense for the other, and so um, yeah, we've been getting pretty good responses that way. That's great, and I, I love the discussion because you know, coming out of somebody, I think that that you know, if you're not a person who understands the fight game, whether it be competitive taekwondo for olympic qualifications or whether it be the usc or or even boxing that many people just believe that it's um that it's combat and it's broad um base level you know uh combat between two individuals without understanding that there there is an intellectual side to it there's a cerebral side to it and there's a strategy side to it and um you know i think that's that's something that uh, from people that are a little bit removed from it, and particularly sometimes over the years in terms of the legalization issues, the critics of it don't understand that it's as, it's as cerebral as it is. Yeah, 100%. I mean, it is a professional sports league. It is uh, recognized by 
commission, athletic commissions from every state and country. Um, we have some of the best athletes in the world. I mean, we have Olympic caliber boxers. Uh, even at our gym, we have the 125, 135, and, and Olympic gold medals, Henry Cejudo there. So we have an actual gold medalist Olympic uh, Olympian that's, you know, that's a UFC champion, which is the first UFC champion. But um, there's so much to it that, you know, for boxers, they just have to train boxing and, you know, and, and just their hands. Um, kickboxers, they have to train kicking and punching and everything else. For MMA, you have to train wrestling, jiu-jitsu. You, know, you got to know judo trips and tosses and counters, boxing, kickboxing, uh, the stances. This won't work in MMA, but it'll work in boxing or, or kickboxing. Um, there, there's just so much to it. Um, and they're five-minute rounds as opposed to three-minute pro- professional boxing round. Um, I think we have some of the best athletes in the world in this sport. Well, that's great. That, 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 that's exciting, and, and, and I'm excited to uh... – to, to, to hear about it, I, I think that you know, I think it's important to help people to get a little bit of a behind-the-scenes look at at, um, at 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 the game. So tell me what's next for you, uh, the, if you know, or if you get liberty to say, for the Korean Zombie. What is the next? Um, what is the next step, or is that still to be determined in terms of uh, what what comes next in terms of uh, his, you know his fight career? As of right now, we're trying to figure that out this month, but uh, I believe, I don't know if it's out yet. I don't know. I'm not sure liberty to say, but I think they said the next fight, the UFC is going to be in Korea in November, December. And so we don't know the uh, the opponent that's being announced, but he's going to be fighting in Korea. No, that would be, that would be ideal. That would be a, certainly a, an exciting and, and, and exciting for you, I'm sure as well to, uh, to be able to uh, be representing uh, and working with him in in that in, in that environment, so that's exciting. We'll 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 look for that, and we'll um, we'll look forward to to hearing more about that. Um, what would you say in terms of? We talked a little bit about this. Um, you, you mentioned, but in terms of for for young folks that are looking to get into any kind of the fight game, what would you suggest as being the 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 best foray into into that? You know, would it be through um, combining some kind of a school school wrestling program within an MMA gym, or what, what, what would you suggest to, to 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 young kids that are you know that that, that get a taste of this uh, mixed martial arts you know on TV and say this is that's what I wanted to be when I grow up? Um, I, I think most people will agree that wrestling pedigree is is a pretty solid foundation and a good base foundation for MMA. Um, the ground game is so important. Um, but yeah, I would say definitely wrestling throughout high school and camps and things like that. Um, and, and also take a touch of martial arts. So I got everybody's opinion is different. Some people believe jujitsu and wrestling is the best. Um, I personally believe in any type of martial arts when you're a kid, the longevity part is the most important. You got to have fun while you're doing it. If it's not fun, they're going to eventually quit <clears throat> when they turn <clears throat> to an age where they're able to make their own decisions. But, um, you got to have fun. And for me, coming from a traditional style background and stuff like that, I, I think it's really, really important when you emphasize the respect factor and, and the honor and everything else. Um, mixed martial arts is really not, it's not an art when it comes to like uh, martial arts, when it comes to like Taekwondo or karate or something else. Because for me, when you're doing that, you're, you're not learning just an art, you're learning their culture. 
You know, uh, when you take Taekwondo and you learn how to bow, that's a Korean thing. That's not a Taekwondo thing. And so I definitely love, um, would, would love for kids to, to take certain type of traditional martial arts and then mix that with wrestling. And then as they get older, they can start to take boxing and kickboxing and so forth. And, um, a compilation of everything but definitely uh, a, a, a good gym is one of the most important things finding a good mentor a coach uh, we definitely start there well that's great that's great and I, I love everything that you said and I, and, and I obviously agree with it wholeheartedly I've been involved in um, taekwondo for most of my my life I've kickboxed uh, amateur kickboxing for, for a while and for my kids it's always important for them to start out with the base of a traditional art that has the focus on learning to control their mind as well as their body, and then can lead into to other things. So, so I love, I love your sentiment. Would yes, you, um, in, in terms of your, um, you have a very uh, prestigious reputation uh, and a great career. Would you consider uh, the recent victory on Saturday night to be, if not the highlight, one of the one of the, the, the top uh, highlight accomplishments of your uh, coaching career? I think so. Um, it's definitely up there. Um, the only, maybe the only time when I, we, we won a fight and, and cried was this one. And when Henry Corrales knocked out Aaron Pico, uh, <clears throat> Henry was with me for, I want to, I'm so bad at numbers. I want to say about 12 fights or something like that. Um, we started from ground up together, King of the Cage, local shows, and he got signed to Bellator. He lost three in a row to two former champions. And then he came back and won four in a row. Aaron Pico's one of the hottest rising stars in, in MMA. They, everyone says he's a future, and he almost went to the Olympics for wrestling and, and sure. boxing, I believe. And so um, when when he fought him and won and, and knocked him out in the first round, it was it was so surreal. Like if the last seven years of our lives kind of flashed through within five seconds, we got really emotional sure. on that one. Um, this was similar to it. I haven't known Chenson Zombie is long, but you know they spent they lived at our house for a while, and we, we got really close with their kids, their, their his wife, and <clears throat> we talked about the last loss. And he he was even saying too, um, like, oh man, you turned the boots in in the last fight against you year. You you were already winning, you know, and. He go, I go, I would have yelled and said, you're winning. He has to come to you. But he said, had I not lost that fight, I probably wouldn't have come and trained with you out here. So the irony of that. And, uh, well, again, it's, a, it's everything happens the way it's supposed to happen, I guess. Is the, so so, uh, so tell, tell, yeah, tell me, tell me um, about people who want to find out more about you um, and about what you're up to. Uh, and the athletes that you're training, what would be the best way for them to do that? Would it be through um, your social media or would it be through the website for uh, the gym? What would be the best thing? And we'll, we'll connect all of these in the, you know, in the show notes that will accompany the episode. But what, what would be the best things for people to be able to follow your, um, the happenings in your career? Sure. Uh, they can contact me through uh, Instagram at Eddie underscore Cha, or – um, Facebook as well. I, I'm just not too. Uh, I'm not. I'm not on social media too often. I, I'm trying to be better at that. But uh, I, I do check my messages periodically, and so they can contact me there. I'm the striking coach at Fight Ready at Scottsdale, Arizona. They can probably also contact me there as well. Terrific. So and we'll uh, 
and we will uh, we'll, we'll post those with the um, you know with the the, the, the um, show notes for this episode. And and I wanted to, to thank you for for talking to us in the interest of time. Um, you know, we we didn't have a tremendous amount of time, but um, I was excited. I had I had uh, you know again part of what we do is is crossover and uh, from some traditional arts into to um, some of the MMA and and we have a, uh, an international audience and 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 I I've, I followed uh, your fighter very uh, closely and uh, Saturday night was was very exciting so I was anxious to speak to you so I I, I definitely appreciate you giving me uh, some of your busy you know time from your schedule to speak to to speak to our audience. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Very good. I I, I thank you so much. We're talking today to Coach. Uh, Eddie Cha, who is, uh, among others, he is the winning coach for uh, the Korean Zombie from the UFC, um, fresh off of a um, a first round uh, win in UFC. Was it two two thirty eight? Um, UFC two thirty eight, and uh, we look forward to following your career further. I thank you so much for talking to us today, sir. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.